time for the most action-packed podcast in the pro wrestling world. It's time for the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We bring you the latest and greatest in professional wrestling from the WWE and AEW to the excitement of the independent scene. You get it all here in one place. The Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Rob T and K-Bay Chris. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Rob T. You are tuned in to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And my co-host, of course, is with me, K-Bay Chris. I'm sorry. It's it's a whole different way I'm introducing this whole thing because I'm fucking pissed right now. <laughs> Someone pissing his Cheerios. <laughs> Bro, here's the thing, man. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dive right into it, fans. I'm just gonna get right to the point. Um, I was excited. No, don't get me wrong, I'm still excited about doing the podcast. Always, man. Anytime we get to talk about pro wrestling, hell yeah, right? But I was I was like pumped about the recaps because we're doing the recaps on the on the pay-per-views and stuff, and I'm still excited about it, but Chris, I feel like there's this damp damper over it, like a cloud over it. And CM Punk is irritating the hell out of me right now, dude. Straight up. Straight up. So I want to get into that, but I'm going to keep my peace. I'm going to hold it in so we can get to these recaps. So yeah, It's like a little turtle head popping up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm thinking let's... Uh, Let's get into the recaps. Of course, we'll do it in order. Let's talk, you know, Saturday first, yeah. and then and then we'll get into Sunday. And uh, and before we even start the recaps, I want to remind everybody that today, uh, after we uh, discuss the recaps and this little, and I get on my soapbox a little bit, um, we do have an awesome interview uh, coming up with uh, uh, man. I can't even think straight. Nathaniel Grayson. <laughs> Thank you, with Nathaniel Grayson. It was a great interview. Uh, definitely mesmerizing. We used that word last week when we talked about it a little bit, and I think that's the best best word, word to use, man. It's, it's, it was yeah. it was definitely mesmerizing. So we know you're going to enjoy it. So you got to make sure to keep it here. Trust me, we got so much to talk about today. We're going to keep you uh, not just informed. We're going to keep you captivated for sure. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what I definitely want to hear feedback from you guys about what we talk about today. But Chris, let's dive into it, man. Saturday afternoon. I think it started at noon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, started at noon. Noon. I didn't get to watch it uh, when it started, but I did go back later. But some big stuff happened in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, I got to tell you, first of all, before you get started, is I was really pleasantly surprised with this show. Um, it was... Because let's be honest, we've had we've had shows in the past where they did it in uh, Saudi Arabia and and it sucked. Yeah, it really did. Uh, almost like they didn't take these shows too seriously for us over here, right? Because yeah. like you were saying last week, who watches a pay per view in the middle of the day? You know, it's usually in the evening and whatnot. But oh my god, what a surprise! So uh, so let's dive into it, man. Hit it. All right, so just real quick, kickoff show was the Street Profits and Madcap Moss versus Alpha Academy and Austin Theory. Winners were the Street Profits and Madcap Moss. Nothing big on that. It was just almost like a filler match. Gotcha. Uh, so opening match, we saw the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, with Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Damage Control, consisting of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eel Sky. 
Um, this was a really good match. Uh, like I said, they have a new name, Damage Control, for Bailey's faction. I was not surprised at the outcome of this match. As I told you earlier in the week, my prediction for that and the reasoning, and I think that's pretty much what they did because yeah, Triple H sure. listens to us. So, <laughs> um, and 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 to add on to you know, obviously Bailey and her girls took the win with Bailey right. pinning the Raw Champion Belair. And this rivalry between Belair and Bailey is long overdue because they never really had a, a definitive conclusion to their their uh, rivalry before because of Bailey's injury. Right. So I really think this is going to happen. Um, and I do like the fact that Michael Cole acknowledged the fact that Io and Asuka had a relationship, partnership in Japan. Yes. Again, anytime they reference the history of wrestling, I'm all for it. Yeah, same here. Same so, here. I agree with uh, you on that one. Yeah. Next match. Uh, oh, my God. Intercontinental Championship. Gunther versus Sheamus. What a and match. What a match. And I do have to say thank you for finally putting the, the Intercontinental Championship on a pay-per-view yes. to be defended. The last time it was defended was night two of WrestleMania 37 when Apollo Crews beat Big E in a Nigerian wow. drum fight. Oh, wow. Wow. That was the last time it's been defended on a pay-per-view. But this match was everything that it was supposed to be. If you want a, a fight, you wanted some physicality, you wanted to just beat each other up, it's exactly what this match was. It yep. was straight out, back and forth. Uh, real quick, bef- um, when uh, Sheamus came to the ring, obviously he got a huge pop. But we also had uh, a video package prior to that uh, showcasing the uh, classic Intercontinental Championship match between Bret the Hitman Hart Yes, and, uh, the British Bulldog at SummerSlam yes. '92, which was the last time they were in the United Kingdom. Yeah, last time they were in the United Kingdom, thirty then, course, some odd years. Yeah, thirty years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so, um, not only that, they also showed Davy Boy Smith's family at ringside along with the Hitman himself. Yes. Uh, Kaiser introduces Gunther and makes it a point to say he is the leader of Imperium, and we get the return of Giovanni Ricci. So now we have the three members of uh, Imperium back. Match starts off uh, with the stare down in the ring before the bell rings. The Brawling Brutes and Imperium go at it before the bell rings. And then we finally have a melee of Slugfest going on in the ring. So um, <clears throat> a lot of, I mean, these men pulled out everything, put all the stops. Sheamus pulled out a Celtic cross, which I haven't seen him do in years. Yeah. Or at least a year, you know. Yeah. Uh, but as Rob would say, they were snug. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. They were, they were straight up snug. Uh, was I a little disappointed in the outcome of the match? Definitely, because I really wanted Sheamus to pull this one out. But at the same time, I give complete respect because Gunther is a fine champion and defends that title the way it should be defended. Right. I think it was a disappointment in the fact that the one you wanted to win didn't win, but there was no disappointment in that match because no. holy crap. I mean... Seamus's chest looked like hamburger. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it was yes, yes. Those guys, the and, and and there's always there's already been like uh, they're not even rumors. It's 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 just talk from the boys, from the other boys or, or the wrestlers that Seamus. That's how Seamus works, man. He's very snug. He's very. He, he, he's very, uh, he doesn't pull his punches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you go into a match with Sheamus, you're going to work, man. You know, you're going to, you're going to walk away with some bruises, right? And Gunther Which, has the same. Exactly. And, and the thing is, is that's not a bad thing. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Because 
to me, that adds to the realism, you know? I mean, I used to love watching uh, Chris Benoit and Finley get into oh, it yeah, yeah. because they had an agreement amongst each other that when we face each other, we're going at it. Yeah. And, and you couldn't, uh, I mean, yeah, it made you go, ooh, ooh, because you knew that that shit was real. Right. And that's exactly how I felt watching those two go at it. It was a great match, man. Uh, great match. I mean, match of the year candidate, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Guthrie obviously takes the win. But the selling, not only from uh, Sheamus, who got a stay innovation from the crowd and was practically in tears, but from Gunther also, who, you know, needed assistance from Imperium to walk to the back. Right. You know, to showcase that, like, I won, but just barely. Yeah, you know? exactly. It was a great match. But great. I agree with you. Quite frankly, you know, top-notch contender of match of the year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next match, again, was another surprising match for me that I was very excited about after watching it was the SmackDown Women's Championship between Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler. Complete 180 from what we saw at SummerSlam with Ronda Rousey. Yes. You know, um, the commentators notated that she had been uh, training with Matt Riddle, who has an MMA background. So we saw that a lot in the match. We saw Shayna Baszler, who looked like the NXT Shayna Baszler, you know, with her aggressiveness, her submission holds, everything like that. But we saw a lot of good counters from Liv Morgan. And she looked a lot more confident in this match, like she was supposed to be there. Yeah. You know, um, some in, some surprising moves from her, you know, including a triangle, putting the armbar on Baszler. Great stuff. Uh, the only downside I see to this, because, you know, Liv Morgan, you know, she did retain. Good job for her. She's still the women's champion. But the only downside of this is the fact that Baszler comes out of this looking a little weaker. Right, right. And I, Go ahead. Oh, no, I just think, you know, they're, they're trying to repackage her and rebuild her up to the, be this beast of a contender. But this kind of makes it a step back on her part. Right. Um, I, I definitely see that. The downside for me was basically the complete opposite of the Sheamus and uh, Gunther match. Talking about Sheamus and Gunther being snug as hell, mm -hmm. right? Making it look realistic. Don't get me wrong. The, the match with, with Liv and with Shayna was good. It really was. Uh, Liv definitely improved. A lot of great moves in there. But when it came to those hits, you could tell. You know what I mean? Like, you could tell uh, they weren't really hard. You could tell that, you know, punches were being pulled. And that's all fine and good, but it's just not believable to me. So even though I thought the match was decent, was better as far as performance-wise for Liv Morgan, I don't know if it's Liv because I know it's not Shayna. So maybe it is Liv. Or maybe Shayna is afraid to really hurt Liv. Because the thing, too, that I think uh, Ronda and, and Shayna have to deal with every time they're in the ring is because of the fact that they are legit fighters. Right. They have to remind themselves all the time, you know, to hold back. You know what I mean? And and I'm sure that can that can be difficult to do. It's, it's like a, a relearning of what you learned, right? Yeah. So I, I maybe that has something to do it do with it. I don't know. All I know is that in watching that match, although it was good and entertaining, you could just see that they were pulling punches. Um, there wasn't really, you know. I want to. You remember? You remember when uh, a few years ago when Shayna Baszler was kind of first coming out, Dakota Kai was still in NXT. Remember, she, Dakota Kai was the first one that Shayna did that whole arm stomp to. Yeah. Okay. That. Look 
so real. I cringed. Man, I haven't seen anything like that since that time. Right. You know what I mean? And so for me, there was no there was no cringing in this match. I think the closest to that was when um was it Rhonda or somebody snapped Alexa Bliss's arm and it looked like she literally bent. Yes, arm. because because of the way uh, Alexa Bliss, I think she was double jointed. Right. Yeah, yeah, and so it made it look real. That was yeah, that was probably the only other time that I did that whole cringing thing too. But right. don't get me wrong, good match, but mm, got to make me cringe a little when I'm watching a match. I want to be able to watch a match and be like, oh my god, oh, bro. Before before we came on the air, um, was killing some time and Bill. Wanted to watch some wrestling. So I brought up the old match between Eddie Guerrero and JBL at Judgment Day 2004. Yes. When uh, JBL hit Eddie Guerrero over the head and busted him wide open. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. That match, even though I've seen it before several times, still makes me go, oh, 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 my God. That to me, that's good. That's good wrestling right there. That's a good wrestling match. And so, so yeah, so good match, but. Needed some cringe factor, in my opinion. No, I agree with that. Um, okay, going on to the next match, we had Rey Mysterio and Edge versus the Judgment Days, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, of course, at Rhea ringside, and Dominic Mysterio in the corner of Edge and Rey. Um, Edge comes out wearing a lucha mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it kind of more Japanese-style mask, but it was still in the right. know, tribute to, uh, to Rey. Right. Uh, very good match. Um, Ed surprisingly hits a six one nine on Balor. That was surprising. That was very surprising, and he of course he hits the spear through the ropes as well, similar to what he did to Mick Foley at WrestleMania. Right. Um, Balor hits a sling blade and goes for a coup de gras, but Dominic's on the apron and distracts the ref, and Ray ends up hitting a hurricanrana on Balor. So Rhea goes off and attacks Dominique at ringside. Dominic. But Dominic. <laughs> Dominic did again. Dominic yeah. at ringside. <laughs> But Ray ends up diving over and taking out both his son and Rhea. Yeah. Um, then uh, Edge hits the spears, uh, or uh, Ray kicks uh, Balor into the uh, ropes, and hits a 619, and then Edge hits the spear immediately after for the win. So, feel good moment. I was surprised. I thought that the Judgment Day was going to take this one based on the way the, the storyline is going. But what happened after the match is what made that, that segment. And what's got everybody talking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We have Edge and uh, Rey Mysterio in the ring celebrating. Dominic gets in, kind of gives them, you know, you know, good job. You know, sucks I wasn't in there, but whatever. And then he proceeds to low kick Edge and loses his shoe in the process. <laughs> loses he, his shoe. He kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> yes. Loses his shoe and then takes off the other one for some odd reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then Ray, of course, looking in shock. Tries to reason with Dom, like, what the hell, mijo, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Right, right. And um, reminiscent of when Eddie Guerrero turned on Ray after their match, at the, a rematch with Eminem for the tag titles on yep. SmackDown, completely clotheslines the shit out of his dad. Big time. <laughs> Big, Big time. time. Yeah. He was not holding back on that, and I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, so, Dom, we've been talking about it for weeks, months, even before WrestleMania. Right. Dominic has finally turned heel. Yes, yes. And I'm loving it. But <laughs> there has to be a but in there. How do you feel about how it happened though? Is it connect is it connecting the dots? You know what I mean? 
I think so. I think so. Because the way I see it, the, the way Judgment Day is working mentally, it's not about the wins to them. It's about getting the upper hand and being having the last laugh in the end. Right, right. And that's basically what they did with this match. Right. I guess I guess where I'm having the issue is we saw the match. We saw Dom interfering. Dom interfering to get the upper hand on the judgment day. To me, that's what doesn't make sense. I think I think had Dom not interfered at all, maybe maybe a yelling match here and there, back and forth, you know, with judgment day. No physicality really, right? Um, I think that might have worked for me. I'm just speaking for myself, for me a little bit better because, or or show still that he had some anger at Edge the last time we saw him on 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 Raw. You know when he talked about, oh, so you're gonna have Edge and not me. You know, still show that you're pissed about it yeah. instead of just being like, oh no, you're right, Dad. No, be like, well, I don't agree with it, but but it's whatever and walk off or something of that nature, you know? Yeah. And then you can come to the actual pay-per-view and do like a hesitant little, all right, fine. I'll, I'll get your back this once, you know, kind of thing, yeah. but show that there's still some, some type of, of animosity there. Uh, to me, that's the only, that was really the only missing link for me because it really seemed like Dom was like, okay, yeah, I forgive him or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden this is out of nowhere. Now, Having said that, where they can change my mind on this is if Dom does finally talk and comes back and says this was all part of his plan or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, to me, that's connecting the dots. But as of right now, that's really the only part of it that really kind of bugs me a little bit. But, again, it's it's something minor. I think it was great. It's something we've all been waiting for, you know? I mean, listen to how that crowd reacted once it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... That's just kind of my take on it. Yeah. I just think that Dominic is like every other Latino man, including you and me, that we've done some stupid shit for a girl. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No <laughs> so, doubt. So, all right. Next match we have is Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Riddle comes to the ring first, followed by Seth, looking like Maleficent has sex with a fucking hot Cheeto. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not. But you do know that was a tr- that was a tribute to Elton John, right? I don't give a damn what it was. Okay. She looked like sex with a Yeah, she looked like she had sex with a flaming hot cheetah. Okay. Oh, that was funny. Uh, anyway, um, despite that, this was a good match. Started off a little slow, uh, but obviously, you know, it was a storyline built on this. They've had a few weeks to kind of rebuild this uh, feud up. Right. Uh, Rollins takes a, a page out of Riddle's book and hits a Bo Derek for a two count, uh, followed by a pedigree for another near fall. Isn't it called Bro Derek? Bro Derek. Yeah. Right. Bro Derek. <laughs> uh, Bro Derek. Um, then Seth calls Riddle a loser and his and that his wife knew it. And then of course you know Riddle hulks up and for some reason and. Um, Starts beating him down on the on the announce table. Yeah. Uh, Seth later hits Orton's uh, with a DDT style off the ropes and then does the Orton taunt by slamming his fist into the mat. Right. Uh, Matt counters and continues to beat him down. Uh, then Seth makes it back into the ring as Riddle follows, but Seth ends up catching him with the curb stomp. And then Seth hits another one from the second rope for the win. So... One thing I like about this is because if we go back to the interview they had on Raw, 
and they asked, you know, Seth and Riddle what they expect from the match. Seth said that you could expect me to stomp his face into the mat, which is exactly how the match ended. Right. So even though it's a small little detail, it still connected those creative dots that we've always talked about. Yes, for sure. Um, my only, let's see, the crowd was hot for this one, obviously. Um, my only, my only downside on this is because of based off of the, the personal things that they've said to make it more real, I thought it was going to be more of a fight. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, Same. more more spots going on. Not that they necessarily needed that because the match itself was great. Right. But based off the intensity going in from both car- both the gentlemen, I thought it was going to be more of a fight. I agree with that. It, it really wasn't much of a fight. Um, it's like, uh, well, honestly, even though I, I, basically, I'm, I guess I'm using this as an example because I just saw it. If you ever go back and watch that match between Eddie Guerrero and JBL, that was a fight. Yeah. There weren't very many wrestling moves in that in that match. I think that's what this match should have been. Yeah. You know, screw the wrestling moves, let's fight, you know. And they both could have done it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It wasn't bad. It was it was a decent match. It told the story, no doubt. Um, you saw Riddle's head afterwards. I mean, that was a big knot on his head. You know what I mean? Again, they were working really snug too. So uh I like it. I did like it. Yeah. Okay. Then we go into the main event of the night, which was the undisputed WWE Universal Championship between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Uh, Roman Reigns comes to the ring alone. You know, uh, McIntyre comes to a nice video entrance. Yes. Showcasing, you know, his his history uh, through the business, along with his old Broken Dreams theme music. Yes. It's a nice little thing. But then they go into his more recent music, which I didn't really like, but whatever. Right. Um, the commentators note that Reigns has been champion for 734 days as of Saturday. So uh, Drew with the early offense, crowds very behind Drew. Obviously, we're in Cardiff Wells, so you know it's kind of in his little territory there. Right. Um, Drew ends up throwing Roman to the outside, but he notices Karrion Cross and Scarlet in the front row, and this allows Reigns to take the control of the of the match. Roman then gets the mic and tells the crowd to acknowledge him to a chorus of boos right. from the crowd. Um, and then he ends up turning into a Glasgow kiss, which was very stiff. <laughs> yes, it was. You know, very stiff. Uh, all of a sudden, Austin Theory's music hits, which I completely forgot about him in this equation. Same. Same. I didn't even think about it going into this match. But he comes in, obviously, with his money in the bank briefcase, tries to cash in. But uh, we see Tyson Fury, who they already said was there, is at ringside and ends up decking Theory. And Theory did a damn good job of selling it to try to make you look like a legit knockout, doing yeah. the whole stiff arms and everything. Yeah. That was actually pretty pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, back in the ring, Drew ends up hitting a Claymore, but the count is broken up by someone in a hoodie underneath the ring, and it ends up being Solo Sokoa, the brother of Jimmy and Jay Uso, who was currently in NXT, obviously now on the main roster. Right. Uh, Reigns ends up hitting him, uh, Drew, for with the spear for the win. Now, it was reported that the Usos were not able to travel because of Jimmy's ongoing DUI, which we joke about, but that's basically what it comes down to. He's limited on where he can travel, which again, right. I kind of mentioned to you, I text you, do you think this is, they're bringing up their brother 
because of the fact they're preparing themselves in the event that something happens and Jimmy screws up again. Because right now it's starting to go into the creative part of it, and it's yeah. it's messing with the storyline, the production of the company. Yep. So I would think that you know Vincent Man's a little more was a little more lenient. I mean, he did some shit in his day, obviously. But Triple H and Stephanie, I don't think are going to you know roll with it. That's a good point. So, and what better way to replace an ooze with a deuce, basically. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that was surprising to me, though, was Sammy wasn't there. The honorary Oos. Yeah, yeah same. Um, now, before we get to what happened right at the, after the match, apparently there was a media, we'll call it media scrum, <laughs> afterwards where Roman Reigns walked out because he was pissed at them for not acknowledging him. And that was probably a, sh- uh, uh, a work, but still, it was it was nice nothing. Yeah, yeah. Now, after the match, Tyson Fury goes into the ring, shakes Roman's hands, pretty much acknowledges him. Roman leans with the little baby Ooze. Yeah. And Tyson helps Drew up. Now, Tyson asks for a microphone and then tells Drew, you know, you fought hard and that he shouldn't hang his head on this. He says that, you know, things will get better and then proceeds to sing Don McLean's American Pie, at least the first verse in the chorus. Proceeds to sing American Pie, and Drew chimes in, and I think both of us were like, "The fuck?" <laughs> yeah, we were. That's when we texted each other. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like I say, he joins in, and then at the end, Drew sings another song. I can't remember what it was, but apparently, Tyson has this uh, thing after his matches that he sings random songs after his boxing matches, and he actually sang in 2018 American Pie after he beat uh, Deontay Wilder in his match. Gotcha. So, uh, he's also, as of this year, collaborating with Don McLean to re-release an updated version of the song. And there's actually a video online of the song with Tyson Fury, and it kind of like showcases his boxing career. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's very interesting. Very. Interesting. I I just thought it was okay. First of all, it was just weird that they, yeah. they, he was singing, but secondly, it's like okay, you're in the United Kingdom. And you're singing American Pie. Yeah. It's just weird. It was, I don't it, was, it was weird. Yeah. Now, the question I have for you is, with all the budget cuts that they had over the last year, last two years, because of money, obviously, and letting people go, do you feel that WWE's doing a lot better now? Because apparently they had enough fucking money to fly Carrie and Cross and Scarlet over for 10 seconds of fucking screen time. Not to mention the incredible <laughs> set they had. Oh, yeah, know. the above? Yeah, yeah and not just that. I don't know if you saw, I think it was Finn Balor that put up a, a, a TikTok of the entryway for the for the superstars. Oh. Um, you couldn't really see it because we see the when they come out. Mm-hmm. But the whole entryway was just LED screens, and they made it look like you were walking inside a castle. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, they definitely spent a pretty penny on production. Um, you know, I, I thought that, dude, for the first part of the show, I thought that big castle above the ring was the uh, augmented reality. I didn't realize it was the real, it was yeah. a real thing, you know. So it was, it was insane. Yeah, I mean, I guess that the budget cuts. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon's out of the company, so he's not paying women to suck his wiener anymore or whatever. <laughs> Um, you know, save a little money, you can do a little bit more, you know. Right. Um, 
So it's it's possible. It's very possible. Well, I was I was, and then this is me being a little scared about the situation because I don't know if you saw there was a K-pop group on stage. I did see that. You saw that where that yeah. that, that screen. I thought the same thing. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. About. I saw. I was like, oh shit! I hope this doesn't happen in here. Yeah, I hope it doesn't fall. No. Um, um, yeah, no, I thought that too. I thought that too. Yeah. Cool. But overall, well, a good match. A good, I, a good show. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Bro, let's not waste any time. Let's get All into right. AEW because I'm, I'm chomping at the bit over here. <laughs> I, I can tell you are. <laughs> All right. So AEW All Out uh, Sunday night. Uh, we have we had four matches on the Zero Out show, which is basically the buy-in or the kickoff show. Uh, so real quick on that, we had the first one was the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championships between Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello versus Ortiz and Ruby. This was an interesting start to the match because Sammy and Ty were at uh, doing an interview. They're all dressed in the nines doing an interview, and you hear a honk, and they turn around, and you see Ortiz and Ruby in a golf cart, and they basically run over Sammy. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, they run over Sammy. Uh, Ruby nails Ty with a trash can, then carries her into the ring. Uh, Ortiz, for some reason, is dressed like a fucking acro- circus acrobat. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What that is. It's ridiculous. If you can find a screenshot, it's, it's freaking hilarious. Um, early on in the match, as they got into the ring, Sammy has Ruby up on her shoulders, and Ty kicks her and legitimately breaks her nose. I heard about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so most of the match, she was kind of hoeing it. Um, of course, Anna Jay comes to the ringside and makes an appearance. You know, uh, Sammy launches Ty into Ortiz, and then Ty hits a Canadian Destroyer on Ortiz. So that was actually pretty nice. Oh, wow. Uh, and, of course, Ty, Ty Mello, her shirt straps fall off. So she's being held up with hopes and dreams at this point. <laughs> <laughs> My hopes and dreams. <laughs> uh, Ty ends up being a Ty KO on Ruby, uh, Soho for the win. So, and then of course their traditional makeout session at the end. Right, right. Uh, next match on the Zero Out show was the FTW Championship uh, between Hook versus Cool Hand Angela Parker. This is basically, you know, Hook doing what he does, but I did have to say this match went a little longer than usual for a Hook match. And he looked more vulnerable in this match than he has in any other match previously. Right. You right. Know, I, which I thought was a good, uh, how can I say, um, it was a nice change because, mm-hmm. you, you know, it was kind of like, it's kind of like with the Goldberg thing. You know, we enjoyed watching Goldberg decimate everybody, but it made things a lot more interesting when he was actually challenged, you right. know, um, when he started going with the bigger stars and, kind of had to hold his own a little bit longer, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it did make it challenging and it gives you an opportunity to pull for him, which is what this did. Um, but, uh, and I think it's good, you know, you don't want Hook to become another Goldberg. Like he's got the skill to, you know, really go for it. Why not start bringing it out? I mean, it would be awesome if one day we could see Hook in like an Iron Man match. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think, I thought it was a good uh, transition, a good little, uh, a good little alternative to than what he normally does. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Hook ends up uh, counting a brainbuster into a red rum and making Parker tap out. And then Matt Menard, who was a ringside, jumps Hook from behind after the match. Action Bronson, who helped train Hook, was at ringside and hits the ring to help Hook out. And of course, Parker and Menard retreat. Mm-hmm. So. I have no idea who Action Bronson is. I was like, <clears throat> dude, some fat guy fan just ran in. Why aren't they stopping like it's, him? It's, it's Butterbean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all right. Third match on the Zero Out show was the AEW All Atlantic Championship of Pac versus Kip Sabian. Uh, Excalibur points out that this is the first tile defense on U.S. soil for Pac. Uh, nice. 
good match. And we always know that Pac can work. We know that. And Sabian showed his athleticism. For sure. Um, I think it had been like 522 days since Sabian last wrestled too. So that was mm. impressive. Uh, Kip taking a page out of Al Snow's playbook at one point and talking to the box head. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, but Pac capitalized on that with the black arrow and the pin. After the match, Tony Schiavone interviews Pac on the ramp. And Pac is interrupted by Orange Cassidy. Pac tells him that uh, we've seen this before. And he tells Orange that he's not a wrestler. He's a joke. And to go ahead and get to the back of the line. And then back in the ring, uh, Kip Sabian still screaming at the box. Yeah. Um, last match before the main card, uh, Tomohiro, Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. This started off a little bit. Hmm, Boring. You know, but it got into a quick. It was pretty much a chop fest. Yes. With the guys, you know. Yes. A lot of chops, a lot of slaps across the chest. Uh, Kingston with a falling lariat and a powerbomb for a near fall on Ishii. Uh, Ishii nails Kingston right under the jaw with a lariat. And then Kingston with a spinning back fist and the Northern Lights bomb for the pin. So. What I, found, a- what I found interesting about that match is that Eddie Kingston was really trying to give that dude respect. And he wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. And like it even looked like Eddie Kingston was getting like legit irritated yeah. by it and everything, and it was just like, no, this guy wanted to stay in character, you yeah. know. So I thought that was pretty interesting. He was probably pissed too because he was last minute call because Sammy had his panties in a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, main card started off with the casino ladder match, which if I recall, this is the fourth ladder match AEW's held this year. Yeah. Um. So the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta and Ray Phoenix start the match. Yuta with the to- Topa Suicida onto Phoenix on the ladder, propped up against the barricade. Roosh is out next, and Yuta up the ladder but gets pulled down by Roosh, who sends Yuta into the ladder with a belly-to-belly suplex. Andrade Idolo is out next. Then Roosh and Andrade set up three different ladders. Andrade hits Yuta with a flipping powerbomb onto the ladders. The Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castanali comes out next. And then Dante Martin following. Dante, so good. So good. Yes, he is. Um, it's so good. He's sick. Um, then we get Penta Aceto Miedo out next. Penta spikes Dante with the Canadian Destroyer on the ramp and hits Claudio with the backstabber. Penta hits a Canadian Destroyer to Andrade on the oh, ladder. Oh, that was sick, bro. That was sick. Yeah, that was, I was like, he's dead. <laughs> That's what uh, I thought. Phoenix uh, off the top turnbuckle with a frog splash on Roosh through a table. Uh, so we're down to all competitors minus the Joker. All of a sudden, there are several masked men all dressed in black jump into the ring and take out all the competitors. Okay, One of the men climbs the ladder and pulls down the poker chip. He ends up taking off his mask, and it's Stokely Hathaway. Mm-hmm. The other men end up unmasking, and of course, it's the gun club, uh, Colton Austin, uh, Lee Moriarty, Ethan Page and W. Morse. And then Symphony for the Devil starts to be, it begins to play as the Joker makes his way out with a very unique kind of horn mask, white mask mm-hmm. on him. A devil uh, mask. A devil mask, yeah. yeah. And um, comes out and Hathaway hands him the chip. And at this point, the Joker is declared as the winner of the match. And the Joker is about to unmask, but he says, nope, and walks away. So uh, Hathaway's little group walks away with the joker so i was pissed <laughs> you were pissed i was pissed yeah I, I was mainly pissed not even so much because it wasn't revealed because that's pro wrestling right i mean you know you, you leave them wanting more so i would have been fine with it 
had they waited till Wednesday, honestly. What I was pissed about was, even though the, ma- the match itself, the action was great, uh, we were robbed of a great match, you know? Um, there was definitely a lot more that could have been done. I felt like, um, <laughs> you know, when, when you first have that, uh, that sexual encounter, you know, for the first couple times, and you, you just kind of let it go too early, <laughs> that's what it felt like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, there could have been a lot more, and we didn't get it. So that match actually kind of pissed me off, yeah. but it is what it is. It's, it's funny because it I'm, I'm sitting here watching it, and I'm, I always thought to myself, like, you know, obviously the, the Royal Rumble is different because everybody has to enter the ring and last man in wins. This one, there's never a rule that says everybody has to begin before anybody goes up the ladder. Right. I always thought it would be interesting if, like, someone actually won before all the competitors were in. You know, because right. the money in the bank starts with everybody in it. Right. So it's kind right. of kind of had that kind of an ending, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did kind of get that a little bit. You know, yeah. technically there was only one guy left, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh next match was the AEW World Trios Championship Tournament Finals, uh, between the Elite, Matt and Nate Jackson, and Kenny Omega versus the Dark Order, Hangman, Adam Page, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. Don Callis is on commentating. Justin Roberts <laughs> announces Kenny Omega as Kevin Nash's favorite wrestler. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, Kenny Omega out with no shoulder brace or tape. Uh, looks in phenomenal shape. Uh, amazing match, as expected, from all these competitors. I do have to say, John Silver is highly underrated. He is. You know? Johnny, Johnny Hungy. Yeah. As small as he is, he's still an underrated wrestler. Yeah. Uh, commentators note that this would be the Dark Order's first taste of Golden AEW, uh, uh, you know, not counting uh, Brody uh, Lee's you right. know, TNT win. Uh, and at one point, we have Omega and Paige facing off against each other, but they're not the legal men, so they just drag their partners to the corners and tag in to get back in the ring. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, Omega with a V-Trigger and Tiger Driver 98 for a two-count. Uh, Hangman answered with a Buckshot Lariat. Uh, Omega with a one-wing angel on Silver, but Silver ends up countering that. Then Paige with a buckshot lariat on Omega, but Omega ducks and Paige nails Silver and Kenny uh, ends up getting the pin on Silver for the win. So the new inaugural, or the inaugural AEW World Trios Championship champions are the elite. And after the match on the ramp, if you pay attention, Kenny was talking to the camera. It's like, follow that, beat that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I did notice that. I will say this about the match. It was a great match. Great back and forth. Great competition, hands down. I think it should have gone the other way, though. Um, I think it, it's, it's, it's past time for the Dark Order to get some kind of love, especially because of the fact that it had Brody Lee as the head guy. You know, um, it's past time. And good God, I, 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 love, I love the Young Bucks, don't get me wrong. They're very entertaining. Kenny Omega is phenomenal. I do. I love it. But I'm freaking tired of seeing them with, with the gold. Like, come on. Give somebody else a shot, you know. I find it really hard to believe that these guys, um, aren't that they're not going into business for themselves yeah. at this point. You know, it's like they have to be the first trios champion because it's them. Like, you couldn't let somebody else do that. Yeah. You know, just like when the, when the tag team champions came out, they had to be the first ones to be tag champs, you know. So it, it, it that's the only part of it that I didn't like. You know, 
Think about, just think about it for a minute. Had the Dark Order won, imagine the emotion you would have gotten from the crowd. Imagine the pop that would have came from the crowd. There probably, there probably would have been Brody chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, it would have been the opportunity for them to, to fall to their knees in the middle of the ring, point up to the heavens, you know, kind of like they're saying they're doing it for Brody. Hell, freaking negative one could have come out. I mean, I don't know. The it was a missed opportunity, in my opinion. And I can agree with that, but I also see it as if if it had, if they had won, it wouldn't have been really the Dark Order in a sense because I don't really see Hangman Page as an official Dark Order member. Fair enough. You know, if if Eva Una was in there or somebody, you know, and they won it, that would have been different. Gotcha. You know, so it wouldn't have meant as much, even though you know Adam Page has kind of been in the background of the Dark Order. I still don't consider him an official member. So. Right, right, right. No, I, I hear you. I hear you on that one. Cool. Okay. Overall, great match. Yeah, overall, great match. Next match was a TBS championship uh, between Jay Cargo and Athena. Uh, Soakley Hathaway is not at ringside for this match. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, Jade comes out with green paint dressed as She-Hulk. And the yeah. last time I saw someone dressed as She-Hulk was a video of China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh the baddies interfere early on, but Athena smashes Layla into the card rail. Oh, did uh, she Athena, smash her into the card rail? Yeah, she smashed her hard. <laughs> I mean uh, it was so bad. I looked at the picture I have of Layla up here and she's got bruises. <laughs> Go take care of her me. <laughs> uh Athena with a crossbody for a near fall, uh and a stunner for another near fall from Athena. But Jade hits Jaden and retains the TBS championship. So she is still currently undefeated. Yeah, um, this one it was a it was it was a decent match. Uh, I will say this, um, and I think I, I think I told you this. I can't remember, but uh, Jade Cargill owes her ass to Athena. Yes. I told you right. Yeah, yeah, owes her ass to Athena because this match almost exposed her. She is not just green because of the paint. She is green as hell. Yeah. The girl still has a lot of work to do. I think the champion should have gone the other way. Um, you know, this isn't WWE. I get it. But the first thing that I think of right away is send her ass back to NXT. <laughs> you know, uh, because, dark. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, she, uh, yeah, it was, it was bad, bro. Some, what I saw, it, it was bad. I mean, if it wasn't for Athena, she would have been exposed as a complete, like, fraud. Like, you're not that great, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, she owes her ass to Athena. I hope she gave, I hope she bought her dinner that night because Athena did a lot of great selling. She she made her look like a million bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a good match, but it was a good match because of Athena. That's why. As, it was a good as match. always, should be. Yeah. All right, next match was a six-man tag match uh, between TNT champion Wardlow and the Ring of Honor, IWGP, and AAA World Tag Team Champions, FTR, versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns of Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Uh, before the match, Dax Harwood's daughter joins them on the ramp with a fight like an eight-year-old girl t-shirt on. Very nice. Uh, Lethal spat at Wardlow at the beginning of the match, and Wardlow wants a powerbomb symphony quick, but the machine guns stop him. Well, real quick though, before you get into the action, let's not forget that uh, Sanjay Dutt put on a shirt before yeah. FTR came out. And what did that shirt say? Uh, 
was it cry like a it says i fight brat? i fight like an eight-year-old brat or i cry like go, an eight-year-old yeah. brat something like that yeah yeah so little punk <laughs> <laughs> um great back and forth but warlow ends up taking out lethal with a lariat and the powerbomb symphony for the win after the match the motor city machine guns sanjay dutt and satinam singh surround the ring but Samoa Joe's music hits, and he ends up coming out, taking out Satnam Singh. Then uh, Dax's daughter skips to the ring, and she ends up snapping Sanjay's pencil in half. Dax takes out Dutt with a lariat, and Dax's daughter steps on Sanjay for a pin. So technically, we got 16 matches this night. Yeah. <laughs> nice heartwarming moment. I did enjoy it. And uh, somehow, through all this melee that went on, Samoa Joe busted himself open. Yeah, that was weird. I, don't, I, I didn't even see where that happened. I didn't either. I mean, either. Maybe he was wearing some of Moxie's cologne. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next match we had, uh, and this one I was very disappointed in. Absolute Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Hobbs suplexes Starks uh, early and then mocks him with the Starks trademark pose. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little back and forth as Starks is, uh, hits Hobbs with the DDT. Starks, of course, is favoring his neck, selling very well. This is a huge upset as Hobbs hits a spine buster and gets the pin. So yep. I was disappointed in the outcome of this match because I really was hoping Starks was going to get his comeups, you know, but it is what it is. It's interesting to note that this match, as well as the TBS match, was actually cut on time. Mm. So uh, they are both pretty short matches on those. Right, right. So disappointed on that. The next match was the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Featuring Swerve in Our Glory versus the acclaimed with Grandpa Ass Billy Gunn at ringside. Grandpa Ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the interesting thing about this match is the crowd was hot for the tag chance for Swerve, you know, coming out. But we saw a huge 180 from the cheers to the acclaimed. Yes, yes. You know, that was, you know, the tag champs ended up playing the heel in this match as they should. Um, and pretty much the match was a, a continuation of the storyline we have going on with the tag champs where we saw Lee inadvertently uh, charge and tackle Swerve through the ropes and then later on seeing Swerve do an insiguri to uh, Lee's head. Right. So uh, Caster did a nice John Cena homage with the FU to Keith Lee. Uh, the, tag stamps, uh, the tag tag champs were still able to coexist as Lee grabbed Bowens in a powerbomb position as Swerve hits a foot stomp from the top turnbuckle to retain the titles. Now, I don't know if you heard Busted Open yesterday where they were talking about this match, about, you know, they there should have been an audible call in the ring by mm-hmm. the reaction from the crowd. And I, I agree. agree. I completely agree. Now, not to say that the guys, the boys should have gone into business for themselves and made the turn without going through, you know, creative or executives. Mm-hmm. But if if the bosses are watching the back, the producer watching the back, they should have heard the crowd. I would agree that they'd probably tell the ref, "Hey, switch the fish, switch the finish on them." You know. Yeah. Uh, I did like the the crowd chanting uh, to the swerve in our glory with the "Oh, scissor me, dad." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I thought that, that was, was awesome. And then after the match, you know, Billy Gunn showing his respect as one of the veterans, scissoring. With uh, Swerve or with Lee, with Lee, yeah, I, I had mixed feelings about that at the end. Yeah, I think, I think, I think they should have rolled with with the crowd reaction, and I think they should have walked out 
They yeah. shouldn't have. They should have just left him hanging, because it would have gone perfect. And because look what happened when they did do it, it fell flat. Yeah, you know what I mean. But again, just my thought. Yeah, but it's better that it was Billy Gunn who did it and not the actual claim. True. 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 So. <clears throat> All right, then we have the four-way for the AEW Interim Women's World Championship between Tony Storm, Dr. Brick Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. Uh, decent match, as expected. Uh, I figured that was going to happen, that we were going to see some dissension between Hayter and Baker. Right. Uh, Hayter with a pin attempt only to be broken up by Baker, and, of course, vice versa. Right. Uh, Hayter looked like she jacked up her elbow in the match. She did. It, it looked it, like it was swollen like crazy. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Hater and Baker end up attacking Sheeta and Storm from behind, and Hater carries Sheeta to the top of the ramp and then plants her with a curb stomp on the stage. Mm-hmm. The remaining three are back in the ring, and then Sheeta returns with two candlesticks in hand and attacks Hater and Baker. So I guess it's no disqualification. Yeah. Um, Sheeta hits a Falcon Arrow on Hater, and then Hater with a Tombstone on Storm. Storm comes back and gets on the offense and hits Storm Zero on Hater. Baker tries to steal the pin on Hater, but she ends up being a DDT from Storm, and Storm gets the win. So our current AEW interim women's world champion is Tony Storm. Which I still hate, the interim part. Yeah, it's stupid. I hate it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, then we have uh, next match is Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. Uh, Cage is out first, and we see Jungle Boy's sister and mom at ringside. Uh, Captain Charisma himself gets in their face and his mom, uh, Jungle Boy's mom ends up slapping him. Jungle Boy is out next from the face tunnel mm. and he looks back to see where Luchasaurus is, but Lucha comes out of the heel tunnel mm-hmm. and then proceeds to choke slam Jungle Boy onto the steel grid crate. Yep. And then Jungle Boy carry, or sorry, Luchasaurus carries Jungle Boy to the ring and you can already see the marks on his back. Yeah. It was ugly. Uh, the power bombing Jungle Boy through the timekeeper's table right in front of his mom and his sister. He throws uh, JB into the ring, and then Aubrey, you know, asks, checks on him, says, are you good to go? He says, yes. Christian ends up hitting a quick spear for a near fall. Jungle Boy gets back up, and Cage hits a kill switch for the win. So this is a quick quick match, and you have sent me that the reason for this was because Christian was legitimately injured. Correct. I him to work in that match. Correct. I was waiting to... Find this real quick. People can't see it, but you can. Nice. Nice. So I got to meet Sanjay Dutt. Cool guy. <laughs> nice. nice. So anyway, go ahead. Did you break his pencil? <laughs> I did actually. I did. Nice. On accident. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh next match was the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Great match. Uh, Elliot Taylor ends up singing out Danielson to his theme music, Born for Greatness. Whoever the hell that was. Yeah. This match was what I wanted the Moxley Jericho match to be a few weeks ago. Agreed. Agreed. A straight up clinic in technical wrestling. Yes. You know, their hits were snug. Yes. There was more submission and stretching from Jericho. Yes. Um, including his tights, which kept falling down. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Daniel showed Danielson showed why he is pretty much one of the best wrestlers in the world today. Uh, the match, of course, ends in typical Jericho style, heel fashion, as the ref is distracted and Jericho hits a low blow and the Judas effect for the win. Right. So I do like that with all the hoopla of Jericho uh, and the skill that he has, he still relied on his current 
you know, Judas effect to get the win. Yeah. And then after the match, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society comes down to celebrate with the exception of Danny Garcia. Right. So who's going to have a match later on this week on Dynamite? Yeah, great match, though. Yeah, very good match. Uh, next, we have the trios match of the House of Black versus Darby Allen, Sting, and the Redeemer, Miro. Uh, early on, Miro looked like he wanted this match for himself, and he was kind of disregarding his teammates in the corner. Uh, but Darby finally gets a tag in and does what Darby does, you know, does his spots and everything, and, of course, gets ragdolled around the ring by uh, uh, King. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darby finally gets a tag to Miro, but the ref was distracted by Julia Hart, who's barefoot with painted feet at ringside. And she didn't see it. Uh, Sting gets the tag instead, and the crowd pops for Sting. Uh, Sting and Malachi slug it out, uh, although it honestly looked like Malachi wasn't landing any of those punches. Right, right. You know, uh, Sting hits a Scorpion or a Scorpion Deathlock attempt, but eats some kicks from Brody and Buddy. Then Sting gets a tag from Darby. Uh, Miro's on the outside, ready to charge in Matthews, but Matthews was ready and ends up saying the Redeemer crashing into the steel steps. Mm-hmm. Darby hits the cannonball Topa Suicida on, on Buddy. And while the ref is checking on Darby, uh, Sting, which I, I was thinking about too, I was like, Sting's got to miss Malachi at this point. Right. And he does. He ends up spinning mist into Malachi's eyes. Darby hits the Last Supper and the pin on Malachi. Uh, after the match, Malachi blows a kiss to the crowd as the House of Black embrace at ringside because supposedly Malachi, and it's not because he's unhappy there, he just needs a break mentally. Right. From from uh, AEW. So right. we, may, we may see a little bit of uh, House of Black being absent from Malachi. So you think he'll be back from, to AEW? I think he will, but I think he's going to take a, a, an extended leave for now. Somebody said this on, I think it was on Facebook, um, and it intrigued me. So I'll mention it, and then we can continue. But just, just, just imagine, if you will, um, he leaves AEW, goes to WWE, and becomes the new leader of Judgment Day. Okay, would be interesting. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. So I'll just leave, I'll just leave it like that. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Not that he doesn't have ties because Buddy Matthews is tapping something there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, never exactly. know. Yeah. All right. Then we come to the main event of the night. The AEW World Championship between John Moxley and CM Punk. And first off, this match is already longer than that piece of shit we had a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Punk was wearing Doc Martens, and I found out later he was actually wearing Dan Housen's. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the scrum. Um, Good back and forth match as Punk is busted open early. Uh, One thing to point out this match, John Moxley did not bleed at all in this match. Which was weird. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Moxley hits a death rider for a two count. Moxley with the bulldog choke on Punk. And then uh, Punk lifts Mox and hits a GTS. Uh, Mox is out at this point, or kayfabe knocked out, Mm -hmm. and lands on Punk's shoulders. Punk gets the will to get up and get another uh, GTS on on a Moxley for the win. So your new champion, CM Punk in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Which we called, or, you know, we, we knew yeah, that was no. going to happen. Uh, so overall, uh, great match. We're not, or, not just, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, <laughs> after the match. Yes. After the match. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Can't forget that. Yeah. PM, uh, PM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk stands tall in the ring. As the lights go out. 
Okay. And you know, I thought because the bleacher report, it fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but we then hear some audio of what sounds like a voicemail from Tony Khan. And basically says to whoever he's leaving the message to that, look, they've been gone for a while. And that even though you don't care about the fans, I care about the fans and the fans want you back. Okay. Sales have been down. They want you back. He says, I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and put you into the casino match as the Joker. You don't have to sign an extension and and I'm going to have to swallow the bitter pill and pay you the beep. You know, it doesn't say how much you got paid. Right. Then we see a a short snippet of punk in the ring of honor back in the day. And then all of a sudden the Joker is shown on the screen. Okay. And uh, he turns away from the camera to where his back is facing the camera and takes off the mask. And you can already see who it is. Yeah. You can already see. And he says the devil himself is back. And he tosses the scarf over his head. And then MJF's music hits. Yes. MJF is back. MJF is back, comes to the ring as CM Punk's holding up his title. And MJF signaling with the waist, hand around the waist that he's coming for the championship. Right. And I told you a, lot, a while back on the podcast that I think this is Stokely Hathaway's plan is to build up a faction to take all the belts. Yeah. Yeah. There's others that think he's building the faction to take out all the, or you said it, didn't you? The WWE, yeah. ex-WWE guys. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely see uh, that. The match itself was good. Now, before we get into letting uh, <laughs> Mr. Rob here uh, start to start his little, his little, Tirade. <laughs> um, you asked me that night, who do I think won? WWE mm-hmm. or AEW? Mm-hmm. Okay. So before I answer, I'm going to ask you that same question. Who do you think won? I got it. I got to say, I think AEW won, but by a hair. And I think the only reason why is because they're willing to go there. Where, where WWE isn't like don't get me wrong the 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 match for the Intercontinental Championship was amazing but AEW it was like they had that kind of match but more that were like that as well you know what I mean they're not afraid to show the blood they're not afraid to to go there with the action so because of that I think they they won by a hair basically um Overall, though, if you add the controversy that's going on now that we'll get into, they won by a mile, you know. But but I'm I'm saying without that, just as uh, just show to show, I think AEW was on top. Okay. Now, I might surprise some fans, but I think WWE took it. Really? Yes. Uh, and the reason I say that is because. You're you're correct. You know, as far as like the extent to which AEW is willing to go for their matches and for the creative aspect of it, but if we look at the creative dots in a sense and how certain matches came into play and the outcomes of them, right? WWE made more sense. Good point. That WWE is a good point. made more sense. You know, yes, I enjoy the physicality. I enjoy the matches and everything that goes on in there. But we've talked before. The storylines is a right. big factor, and if I have to be right. honest with you, WWE nailed it. Yeah, WWE had a lot more storytelling going on, long term, long term storytelling. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one for sure. So right. now I'm going to give this 
I'm gonna start it off with giving it to you. Well, no, let's not do that yet. I want I want you to start it off because you're the guy that comes back with all the details and everything else. So I know you got some notes because I I know you and I know you so well. So give me a brief rundown of what happened that night at the scrum with CM Punk, and then I'll get into what I want to say because I want the people to know what it is I'm about to talk about. So just kind of a brief overview of the scrum uh, with CM Punk. And then I'll chime in. Okay, so after uh, the pay-per-view went off the air, they had, you know, the traditional media uh, interviews with the talent, mostly just the champions, and, you know, kind of get their feel what happened at the, at the pay-per-view. And CM Punk was the first one out and basically went on a complete tirade in regards to um, the producers, specifically uh, specific wrestlers such as Cole Cabana, uh, Hangman Adam Page, Talks about the EVP, which anybody who's a fan of AEW knows is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, now that Cody Rhodes is gone, but basically rips apart the company and makes it come across as if he's better than everybody else. Basically, what he did kayfabe wise in WWE, he's doing shoot wise in AEW. You know, um, he was basically being a dick. He's basically being a dick, even to the point where he was eating fucking chocolate cake during the interview, being a complete ass. You know, he said he was tired of wrestling these pricks. He was tired of wrestling these kids who don't know anything, you know, basically being a complete asshole. And then you have on the opposite side of him, fucking Tony Khan, who's practically up Punk's ass in that media interview, laughing at everything Punk says. I mean, the only thing was missing was him fucking singing American Pie. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so that's what happened during the interview. So you're pissed about this, too. <laughs> I am pissed about this, too, because yeah, you and I, we and I just literally had a podcast about the respect in the business and to hear someone who's in the business themselves. A veteran. A, a veteran, veteran. Who's been in the business for so many years to come out and basically piss on everybody in that company, piss on everybody outside the company. It's like, really, dude? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You know? Um but like I said, that's what happened during the actual interview. Okay. Now, there was a little something that happened after the interview. Okay. Which is why we're calling it a media scrum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, according to Fightful Select, Punk, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, and Ace Steel apparently got into it in the back. They got into an altercation. Uh, apparently, Punk started. He started swinging and uh, swinging punches at Matt Jackson. Nick Jackson uh, was trying to back him up, and Ace Steel threw a chair in him, apparently hit him in the eye. Uh, and then, of course, Steel got into it with Kenny Omega to the point where he even bit Kenny Omega. Wow. Um, it's known to say that FTR and Hangman Page weren't in the building, so I guess they left already, or they weren't mm. in that area at the time. Right. Uh, one person close to the situation was quoted as saying there was a lot of cursing, a lot of mayhem and a lot of people not being willing to hash it out, you know, uh, which I can understand based off of the words that Punk said during the interview. Now, the reports from Wrestling Observer from David Meltzer, take it with a grain of salt, has corroborated the reports from Fire regarding the fact that Punk started it, that Steele threw a, a chair at Nick, and in the buying Omega. <laughs> wow. Um, and that the Bucks and Omega were the ones that confronted Punk in his dress room, but they didn't mention who hit first. Right. Um, 
After the sides were separated, they continued to argue, which led to the Bucks and Omega exiting the area of Punk's locker room and basically threatening to quit the company. Wow. Basically quitting the company. Um, now, it has been, it came out today that several AEW personnel, including CM Punk, who is the new uh, AEW champion, and the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, who are the new the inaugural trios champion, are currently suspended. So, uh, apparently this is not a work. This is not a work. There's actual legal ramifications going on. I saw that. There's, there's a, you know, law enforcement that's getting involved in it. So, I don't know how to, because I'm not, I mean, we're, we're, we're fans of the business. Technically, we are kind of in the business in a sense because of what we do here on our podcast. Yeah. And, and all honestly, you know, not that we're fighters or that we're wrestlers, but we've said it plenty of times before, when you disrespect the product, we're going to, we're going to have something to say about it. Yeah. And, and here's what I want to say. I have been a fan of CM Punk since he came into WWE. I did not see him in ring of honor. I didn't start watching him until he was in WWE. And I was a fan, um, loved the way he blurred the lines, loved the pipe bomb, loved all of that. Now, fast forward, he's in AEW. I was excited about him coming back to AEW or coming back to wrestling in general uh, just because I knew he was he was golden on the mic. Um, I knew this guy was a talent, and he he was he's amazing. There's no doubt about it. You cannot take that away from CM Punk regardless of what he's done or what has happened. Having said that, I am going to say this very passionately, and I mean every word of it. I am fucking done with CM Punk. I'm done. I'm done. You do not disrespect this business. First of all, why do you even go in the scrum and start talking about the Cole Cabana bullshit? I hadn't even heard about it. Granted, there may be some stuff online and everything else, but coming from someone who's always going off on his soapbox about how not to give in to the trolls on social media, what the hell happened there? Right? And then you want to go while your boss is sitting next to you, this guy that is, is paying you an ungodly amount of money, and you want to run him down indirectly, right? Because you're saying you're working with children. You say that you're working with all these people that are unprofessional and that you're tired of it and whatnot. I'm um, talking about the EVPs. You're basically saying that all the decisions that Tony Khan has made are all bullshit, right? And you have no remorse for it. I go back to what Triple H said in a promo about how CM Punk wanted to make a change in the WWE and basically how CM Punk is not happy unless that change has to do with him. And I got to tell you, I think there's a lot of truth to that. CM Punk does not give a shit about the business because if he did, he would not have done what he did that night. He would have done, he would have, he would have handled it like a man and gone and found whoever it was he had an issue with and say, all right, let's hash this out, okay? Instead of doing it the way that he did it, okay? Screw kayfabe, screw all that crap. That that he, he didn't even go there. He made this extremely personal. I don't know if you heard Busted Open uh, when they talked about this, but Bully Ray hit the nail on the head. They went back to that promo that Hangman Page cut on Punk right and i don't know why he's pissed off about it not once did i hear hangman page say anything directly about the whole Cole cabana issue or whatever the case may be whether he thought punk got him fired or whatever i don't know 
a little jab maybe but that's professional wrestling you bring a little bit of realism to add to the story you know i'm with dave lagreca i thought he was talking about the belt i would have known i wouldn't have known anything about it had punk not had diarrhea of the mouth and said everything he said during that media scrum he completely crapped on the business he completely disrespected his place of work and in my opinion i think tony khan needs to grow a set of nuts and fire his ass and kick him out of the company make that belt up for grabs don't want a tournament whatever the case may be but the wrestling world does not need cm punk anymore that kind of disrespect does not belong in this business and he should know better of all the people out there right now he should fucking know better but all he cares about right now is himself and that is and that's my take on it now it's my opinion maybe you're listening to me right now and you don't agree with me and you're pissed off at what i'm saying you know what i really don't give a shit you don't like it get your own damn podcast say your thing in my opinion cm punk needs to be fired and kicked out of business and i don't think any other company should take him not even an independent one bottom line you made enough money go on that was the most beautiful thing i've ever heard <laughs> So, I, I, I mean, I just had to say it. I don't know how Tony Khan bounces back from this at this point. I don't. I mean, I kind of agree with what they said in Busted Open today, uh, that they should somehow try to salvage this, get, the two, get, get whoever's pissed off at who in a room to talk it out, and maybe turn it a little bit to where it kind of turns into a wrestling storyline. If they can do that and salvage it, I might be back on board. But as of right now, I'm done with CM Punk. I'm done. Uh, I am too. And I quite honestly, and I'm, I'm kind of fed up with Tony Khan as well, because yes. the fact that yes. he's, he's basically being a little fanboy bitch. Yes. And he he's, needs he, to be a boss. Basically somebody, he's playing with his fucking toys. Someone came in with a bigger batter toy set and now he's pissed about it. Right. He's pissed about it. Right. Um, I, I completely agree with everything you said, Mr. Rob T. The CM Punk, it's all about him. He's a selfish, egotistical prick. Yeah. You know? And yeah. um, you know, I I don't I don't know what his beef is with the company because obviously the company brought him in, pretty much gave him a silver platter to do what he wants, you know. He's probably he probably is having one of those Hulk Hogan roles where he has creative control of everything that goes on. Oh yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, so yeah, I'm 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 pretty fed up too. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're fans and we're gonna watch the product and we're gonna see where this goes. Yeah, for sure. Whether it comes to the the light of the camera or if it just sits in the background and it's just all about the dirt sheets at this point. Right. But either way, we're gonna follow through with it and we're gonna report on it as best as possible with the what knowledge we have of the situation. Yeah, but and again, that that is another reason why I feel WWE came out on top because they respect the business enough to keep it going. Whereas their champion, I told you when I when they had the first Mox versus Punk match that I didn't want to see either one of them have the title. No, and I, and I meant that. No, even, even more now. Even more now. Like I definitely don't want Mox to have a Hovind, and I definitely, sure as hell, do not want to see that strap on on CM Punk. Same. Like Same. I'm red. I'm glad that MJF is back. And if anybody's deserving of having a title reign in AEW, one of the original four pillars of the company, it's MJF. I agree. 
now how long that'll be because obviously he didn't sign an extension at least that's what the voicemail made us to believe right either way hell fucking give it to dante martin give it to fucking dan Housen. i don't care yes give it to somebody who actually respects the company respects respects exactly what that title means yes yeah we don't need we don't need divas yeah someone who's going to represent the company as a whole be a fighting champion not a bitching champion Mm -hmm. and you know, bring legitimacy back and respect back to the business and to the fans and to the exactly. individuals who are constantly busting their ass every damn week to put on a yes. hell of a show for us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Completely agree. Well, listen, I don't want to take up any more time. Um, guys, we're going to take a break, a very short break. Um, I'm going to make sure I only make one commercial because <laughs> <laughs> we have an interview to get to. All yes. right. We have on the show today. Mr. Nathaniel Grayson, and it was one hell of an interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Very, as we've been saying, mesmerizing. Very, he's just, he's he's a presence. He's There's a presence about him. You have to experience it, and you're going to get to experience it right here, here after this short little break that we're going to have. So stick with us. We will be right back. Fellas, I know how it is. Your hair and beard are looking rough and you need to get it taken care of right away. The problem is, where do you go? Well, say no more, because I have the perfect place just for you. At Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, you'll get that fresh cut and trim by well-trained professionals who know just how to get what you want, a man's cut and a man's trim. Dallas Jawan and Derek will hook you up with your tailored-to-you cut along with a straight razor shave and a relaxing hot towel treatment. These fellas will give you that old school treatment where you sit back and relax and unwind while you get back to looking like a gentleman should. When you walk in the door, talk to old Dal and let him know that Rob T. and Kayfabe Chris sent you and he'll offer you a complimentary cold one or shot of whiskey. Stop by 322 West Hopkins Street in San Marcos, Texas or go online and make your appointment today at HanleysBarbershop.com. Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, where good times and good vibes make for a great look. ready man because uh i think our guest has arrived and i don't know about you but i'm really excited haven't seen this guy in a minute he was one of our first guests when we first started if you remember which i'm sure you yeah do. Well, we we're just virgins at this thing yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and uh he is gracing our presence today however um this is something we are going to ask him about uh, it's not a name we're used to but you know let's go ahead and introduce him without further ado I want to introduce you all to Nathaniel Grayson. How are you, sir? How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you guys? You had mentioned that uh, you guys were virgins at this the first time that we met. <laughs> yeah. I know that uh, I know that Chris got married. It, yes. It, no, no, not a virgin, virgin no more. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. that we took care of we man, good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Popping my cherry all over the place here. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. No, we, we really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, thank you so much for accepting the invite. Uh, we were very excited to talk to you again uh, because, I, as I mentioned before, we had you on the show before. But uh, if I may say so, Mr. Grayson, there was there was a difference before. Um, you had a different name, and 
I gotta say a uh, different look and that's that's actually my first question there's been such a drastic change in just a few months uh so please tell us what what's happened since then well what's happened since then is i've accepted my place within the grayson family and the the best thing that's happened to me since i last talked to you guys was finding xander grayson and calling out to xander grayson because before I had aligned myself with Xander Grayson. I was lost. I was stumbling. I was getting beaten and broken everywhere. And what do you do when you hit rock bottom, Rob? You you reach out to your family. You reach out to your entrusted. You reach out to people that are smarter than you so that they can help guide you along the way. And since I've found and reconnected with Xander Grayson, I've seen things in a completely different way. And Xander has taken me far. He's taken me near. He's taken me everywhere in between cultivating what I can truly become. And now I have, I've reached this. The only way I can put it to you guys is I've reached this elevated level of consciousness now. And now I'm in my true form and my true self as Nathaniel Grayson, the pound for pound champion of dog pound championship wrestling. Well, that was one thing I was definitely going to bring up that I noticed that is very different is that you've got gold over your shoulder now. Yeah. congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. It was a hard, hard earned victory. Haas Holding has been a thorn in my side. I think even since the last time that we talked, yeah, Haas Holding yes. and I were battling it around. And so now that I've overcome Haas and dethroned him, I now stand here as your pound-for-pound pound champion. I did, I did have to send the belt off to the Grayson family compound because the thing had looked like it had lived in a barn for the past year. Oh, wow. So we have, we have to get that fixed with, with a new champion like myself comes in new enlightenment to the actual championship title. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, it's got the championship has got to be fitting to the champion. So I completely get that uh, 100%. And uh, yeah, when we heard that you had won the belt, we, we felt uh, an immense sense of pride because, like I said before, man, you were one of the first guests to come on the show. The show was still very young, didn't know how well it was going to do, if it was going to do well at all. Um, but uh, glad to say that having guests such as yourself come on has really helped uh, to elevate the show. And we really do appreciate that, that, that. And that's one of the main reasons why we wanted to bring you back on. And we're really excited to see just what has happened. And apparently it's been Great, great stuff. Let me ask you this next question, Nathaniel. Um, with this change and with the change in life in general, you're going to have those that are completely supportive. And then you're going to have those that you thought were supportive that may not be as supportive. Uh, what has happened in your life? Maybe some people that you thought were friends or have they now become enemies? Or is everyone pretty accepting of this new calling on your life? You have to understand, Rob and Chris, as a uh, as the man as polarizing as I was, as I am, people were pretty divided about me to begin with. 
So just because I see myself in this new light and Xander Grayson and the rest of the Grayson family see me as this new person, whether or not people outside of that accept it, like it, dislike it, I don't really give a damn. It's not, it's not up to me for the masses to decide whether or not they want to accept our message as a family or whether or not they want to be wrong. Because that's what it really comes down to, guys, is right and wrong. And we believe as a family and our mindset and the way that we think, we are right. Mm. And anybody else that doesn't think that way, doesn't want to see things that way, is wrong. No ifs, ands, or buts. They are just wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotcha. We're here for we're here for a purpose. We have a mission. We have a reason to be here as a family. That's what this all comes down to now is that we are a family and we select the people that we choose to be a part of our family based on a variety of different things. And whether or not people want to see things that way at first, that's up to them. But after it's all said and done, they will see things the way that we do. Mm, very interesting. Wow. Chris, did you have a question? Yeah. Um, so you said that, you know, y'all have a specific reason, a specific message. It seems like y'all are uh, looking to spread that message, not just with the dog pound wrestling, but uh, lately we've seen you in a NLW. We've seen you in a AWR. It looks like you're you're expanding your uh, your message to other promotions. I mean, is that correct on my part or? Yes, sir. We've also been out to uh, the Ozark Mountain Wrestlings in uh, Arkansas. We've been uh, we've been everywhere here in Texas. We have a we have a show coming up, Victoria, uh, Victoria Texas, on the 18th. Oh yeah. That that we're super excited to bring our message of strength and of power to the people of Victoria Texas and see if we can find anybody in that city in that locker room that's worthy enough of joining the Grayson family. But yeah, no, we're, we are actively trying to spread our message to the masses. Interesting. Now, interesting. now are, are you, um, I'm assuming that you're ready to uh, not only defend your gold you're currently holding, but it seems like your mindset is uh, not only spreading the message, but you want to, you want to capture more gold. It seems like you seem to have some kind of a, strong mentality going there. It's not so much, Chris, that I want the gold, is more so of things just being undeniable. When you are what I am, it's, it's, it's as if I'm a magnet. I'm a gold magnet. And the gold from all these other promotions, they just seem to be coming to me. These opportunities are coming to me. Over the summer, I had the chance to face off with one of Laredo's top champions in Luis Spartan Ramirez, and I won. So there's a title shot that has to be coming down the way, right? right. I beat their yeah. champion fair and square. Uh, up in Victoria, 
on the 18th of September, I have the opportunity to face off with Josh Shimbashi, the Canadian Dragon, uh, who just so as to happens to be the Lions Pride champion. So what happens when what happens when I slay the dragon? What happens when I prove that Canadians are afraid of the dark? Mm. Wouldn't that line me up for a title shot somewhere down the line over there as well? Would seem like it. it would seem like it. Now we saw uh, Shimbashi uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, and I have to admit the guy's good. The guy's good. Joshua Shimbashi has all the elements of being a fine professional wrestler, but is he is he missing something? One of the elements of being an extraordinary professional wrestler like Nathaniel Grayson. Joshua Shimbashi has all everything you could ask for, but isn't he missing just a little something? And th I think so. And that's why we haven't invited Joshua Shimbashi to join the Grayson family. But I think that after our encounter in Victoria, Texas, I think that Joshua Shimbashi might be one step closer to being an invitee into the Grayson family. Interesting. So, Nathaniel, you've been talking a lot about um, this message uh, of the Grayson family, th this gospel, if you will, because that's really kind of the vibe I'm getting for you, from you. And, and I got to admit, even though Chris asked you the question about the gold and you claim you are a gold magnet, it seems to me that you were more enthralled, if you will, about spreading the gospel that is the Grayson family. Am I right in making that assumption? And to second, to go with that question, I have to ask, what is the gospel of the Grayson family? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Rob. Uh, let me answer your first question. I, I might have, I might not have emphasized the importance of the championships that I should be getting these opportunities for, and I apologize for that. The gold at all these promotions is extremely important. And the reason being is so that we can spread our message even wider. Mm. Who, who do you pay attention to the most in any promotion? The champion. The champion. And if I'm the champion, if we as the Grayson family are the champions, who's not listening? Who's not paying attention? Mm -hmm. Now that I have this platform, why wouldn't I use it to spread our message? And so you ask what our message is. Our message is family. Family is the most important thing that anybody could have in their life because through family comes strength and comes strength comes power and through power we break our chains wow mm. that's pretty it's, powerful it's powerful that's very powerful so let me ask you this um going back to the very beginning we talked about how we talked to you before you had a different name what chains exactly were broken that brings you to this awakening that is Nathaniel Grayson. What was it that you had to uh, cut off, if you will? What did the potter have to shape? You know, what was it that had to be thrown away so that this new vessel that is Nathaniel Grayson could come to life? 
Those are secrets that only those that come out to the Grayson family home would understand. The things that we go through out there in our training are undescribable. Mere men that live normal lives, they can't fathom it. The agony, the anguish that we put ourselves through to be the absolute best can't be quantified by a number, can't be described by a word. It can only be experienced. And through this training and rigorous process, both mentally and physically, the true enlightenment only came when I finally vanquished the thorn in my side. When I finally got to scratch the itch that had been bugging me for a year. When I finally put down Haas Holding in his hometown, beaten, bloodied, and laid, that was my true moment of enlightenment. That was the true elevation to a higher plane. And with that moment, you can never look back. You don't ever get to close the box. Pandora just opens. Interesting. Very interesting. Chris, did you have uh, another question? Yeah. Um, well, you, like you said, there is a rigorous mental and physical uh, training that, you, that you're going through. I mean, I can, I can already tell from when we first spoke to you uh, earlier this year to, to your uh, perception now, but how does that translate in the ring? Uh, I know I've seen a few of your earlier matches. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to see uh, the most recent with this, with this change, but are you, are you taking a more aggressive turn in the ring with your opponents or is it more methodical? If I was any more aggressive in the ring, they would arrest me, Chris. Wow. So it is, it is a little bit more of a methodical approach. It is a little bit more of a scientific approach because I can be, because I always have been. See, and this is the part that kind of really pisses me off every now and then, okay? Everybody thinks that... Nathaniel Grayson can only do this. Nathaniel Grayson can only do that. But the truth of the matter is, is that I haven't needed to show what I can really do. I haven't needed to show that I am one of the best professional wrestlers in the entire world today. I just haven't needed to. I've needed to be in the ring with a bull, a literal bull and try to rope down a bull. But you're not going to try to have a, a, a scientific match with, with a freaking, with an outlaw, with a cowboy, punch you right in, his frick, right in your freaking face. But I am the pound-for-pound pound champion. And I'm the pound-for-pound pound champion for a reason. Because like the championship states, pound-for-pound, that means it doesn't matter if you're bigger than me. It doesn't matter if you're smaller than me. When you step in the ring with Nathaniel Grayson, you are stepping into the ring with pound 
for pound the best. And now that Haas Holding is an afterthought at this point, I can focus my sights on different challengers, different opponents, like my upcoming match on the 15th of September against Edgar Garza. Interesting. I got to tell you, Nathaniel, the one thing that I am definitely noticing about you, and again, this is going back to the previous discussion that we had with you uh, months back, but there is this confidence that just exudes from you now. There is just what I see is to be this clarity that exudes from you now and a focus like I've never, ever seen before in you. So I got to tell you, there's no surprise, at least from my part, that you are the pound for pound uh, champion there at, you know, a dog pound wrestling. Um, I, I hear what you're saying and, and I love everything that I'm hearing. And uh, yeah, I, I, I feel it, man. Like you could be the one to take over. You know what I mean? The world, I can see the gold coming at you. Now you talked about coming up with Edgar Garza. Is there other maybe champions that are currently in your target in your crosshairs maybe from other promotions for example i bring up this gentleman who we spoke to last week just won the belt over at nlw alex arsenal is that someone that you're looking at you know at facing to maybe get that title what are some of the other champions in 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 the uh, independent scene that you're maybe focusing on this is kind of what i said about being a, a magnet for it Mm. I'm not looking for those championships. I'm not looking at those champions. Why would I? I literally have one of the most prestigious championships in all of Texas. And that's what I mean by, like, it's a magnet. I'm not actively out there calling out Alex Arsenal. Right. In fact, Alex Arsenal was the one that put his nose into my business a few weeks back at a church. Oh, wow. Okay. And Alex Arsenal and I went one-on-one that night. And if Alex Arsenal went one-on, if Alex Arsenal and I went one-on-one again for my championship, it would be a completely different outcome. Anybody that I've faced in the past, anybody that I've looked at in the past, that's something that is in the past. Now, I am the champion. Now I hold one of the most, if not the most prestigious belt in all of Texas. I'm focused on that. Mm. But again, that's where the magnetism comes in is that I do go out to these other promotions and I do go out to these other venues and they're the ones that are like, well, he's pound for pound the best. What about putting him up against our best? And I'm all up for the challenge, Mm. but what's my reward? Their championship, their prize. In the olden days, it'd be their skull. It'd be their scalp. These days, it's much more civilized. Right. I want, and it's not that I want, it's just that when they present to me, well, if you're the best, fight our best, I want the trophy that that your best has. So in terms of like looking out for other championships, that's not that's not something that I'm doing. I'm focusing on my championship and my family and our message. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'll, I, that's awesome. Uh, I do got to ask this question. Uh, last time we talked to you, you had talked to us about your your training, 
things you were doing, the, the way you, you know, would condition in the ring and things like that. Has any of what you told us before, as far as your training, has any of that changed since you become part of the Grayson family? Is there now a different training regimen? Is there a change to your game? Are you, you know, more high flying now? Or are you more grounded pound? Like, has there been any kind of shift in Nathaniel Grayson's game? Well, there has. But to tell you would to be to tell my opponents. And that's Fair just enough. not something that we, that's not something that we're going to do. Gotcha. I understand. But there has, but I can promise you Rob, Chris, there has been a change in my game. There is a comp- not a completely different style, but there is a different style. Um but it is still it's still the same aggressiveness. There's a reason that out of all of the dog pound roster I was chosen to be inducted into the Grayson family, to be molded and scalped by such a great mind like Xander Grayson. There was a reason that I was chosen mm. because there's plenty of talented guys on the dog pound roster, but none of them bring what I bring to the table. And that's something that if people, if your listeners or if any other wrestlers, if that's something that y'all are interested in seeing, I've told y'all where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. All my social media's work. Come out. See the change. Experience the Grayson family and the presence that we bring and listen to our message. Hear what we have to say and then make a choice. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, Chris, you got any fair. more questions? I'm just enthralled right now. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. his pr- your presence is is a uh, mesmerizing for lack of a better word you know almost hypnotic that's very good description i was thinking the same thing it it is definitely night and day from the last time we spoke with you and uh i mean i think it's great anything in life when it comes to change right anything that that brings us focus that brings us clarity i think is a good thing you know um and, and i'm definitely seeing that in you nathaniel i promise i mean no disrespect i'm not trying to to, to kiss your butt, as they say, or anything like that. I'm just telling it like it is. This is definitely something that I see uh, in you, and I am very impressed just by sitting here talking with you, to say the least. Well, you know, guys, it's it's. I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, but it's actually me that sits here impressed with y'all. See, because it's not every day that I get to interview with such enlightened folks such as yourself, Rob and Chris. I mean, for y'all to for y'all to pick up on the aura and the presence, that means that and I could be stretching here, guys. Okay. But I think that maybe maybe you guys got a little bit of sin in y'all too. Well, you know, maybe Well, I'm maybe, not a virgin anymore. <laughs> see, and that's it. But you did it while you were married, so you know that's kind of that's kind of biblical. But you know, we can let okay. that one slide. I guess so. <laughs> uh, you know what? But you yeah, no, be maybe right. maybe maybe you guys got a little bit of sin in y'all. Maybe maybe you guys need to come out to a show, and maybe y'all need to come talk with me and Xander Grayson about getting you guys an official membership or something. Mm, interesting. I would like that. I would, I like would that too. Class. Now. I've seen uh, like the AWR wrestling and I've kind of mentioned to Rob that I wasn't uh, as uh, impressed, but of course you weren't on the card that night. So 
Um, I know you're you're going to be wrestling for them again here probably in the next few weeks, aren't you? I think uh, September third, I will be at the Cla- I believe it's Champions Clash, San Antonio. Over- yeah, San Antonio okay. at the Lone Star Dojo. Okay. There we go. That's that's uh, this coming Saturday. That is this coming Saturday. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. What time is that show? I believe that show begins at seven p.m. I think mm. doors are at seven. I think uh, Bell is at eight. I could be wrong about that. I could have it. I'm pretty positive that the doors are at seven, though. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if my partner will be able to make it to that or not. I can tell you right now, Nathaniel. I, I do have a gig that day because I am a musician. I am playing at the Rock Box in uh, San Antonio. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm opening up for Relent, so it's kind of a big deal for me. So Dude, if it wasn't for that, thank you. If it wasn't for that, I would be there. No, listen, listen, listen. The Grayson family is all about using your strengths to break chains, to break out of the mold. And so, like I said earlier, for you to be finding the success that you're looking for in your industry, that means you got a little bit of sin in you, Rob. I'm very, mm-hmm. I'm very proud. I'm, I've got my eyes on you, Mr. Trevino. I've wow. got my eyes. I, and I'm, when I get back to the, to the family house, I'm going to talk to Xander Grayson as well. And we're going to, we're going to keep a little, a higher tab on you, Rob. But look, if this Saturday, the third doesn't work for you guys, we've also got September 15th at the Beethoven Manicor for Dog Pound Championship Wrestling Paradox. Mm. where Edgar Garza is going to be faced with the biggest choice of his life. He can join the Grayson family or he can be left lane. And then that same weekend, uh, the 17th of September, we will be down at LWA in Laredo. And then the next day, September 18th, we will be in Victoria, Texas for Heathens Entertainment. Mm. And then to cap off the end of the month, September 24th, the Grayson family, Nathaniel Grayson, as the dog pound, pound for pound champion, will return to Casterville, Texas. Nice. Nice. Plenty of opportunities to make a show. And I'm going to, I'm telling you now, Nathaniel, I'm going to make it a point. I'm going to look at my calendar and I'm going to at least make one of those shows for sure. Yeah. I got I definitely got to check it out. Yeah, sure. definitely the same. But, but, but. And all honesty, I think you and I, Rob, have been following his career thus far. Yes. Uh, since we've uh, spoke with him last, I mean, you and I have texted each other like, "Dude, Nathaniel Grayson, like, 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 what's going on? Like, he's champ. Like, we, we, I take the guy texted you when he won the championship. Yes, like, you did. You know, you did. So we have been following you, sir. Um, and you know, like I said again, not to sound boastful, but we are very proud of the career that you have and the direction that you're going in right now. That means a lot, guys. Um, having having the support of those that see the message, that see the understanding of what we're doing here, that 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 means the world to me. When you guys make it out, we're definitely gonna have to talk to y'all about getting a getting y'all an official membership into the Grayson family. Maybe maybe we could even talk about you know a little business business endeavor about the. Uh, the Mega Grayson podcast, you know? <laughs> nice, nice. I like the sound of that. Uh, Nathaniel, let me ask you this question, okay, if I may. And the only reason I bring this up is because, uh, you know, it's, it's. I don't know if you've been seeing some of the podcasts we've done and some of the content that we've put out there, but you're very well uh, 
I guess I, you know what this feels like when you have individuals that some would call haters, right? Or uh, that are just wanting to get under your craw for no reason at all, but to be annoying, if you will. And, you know, I'm going to say you're, you're off. No, 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 wait, wait, go ahead. Keep on describing Alex Arsenal. <laughs> Please continue. I was enjoying this. I was about to leave that. Oh. <laughs> Please keep on describing Alex Arsenal. Okay, I'll be honest. I was not talking about Alex Arsenal, but I did want to say um, yes. what you say does intrigue me because, uh, as you know, I'm not a wrestler, right? I'm just a fan, a huge fan that gets it. I want to make that very clear. Um, and we love uh, here in the show. We love talking about professional wrestling. We love what what the independent stars such as yourself do. But I guess I should have known. And and Chris and I did talk about it a long time ago. But every once in a while, there could be someone that wants to get in your face, right? And that's happened to me with a little group by the name of Culture Shock. And uh, I have, uh, you know, there, there's certain individual in that group, couple of them actually, that always want to get in my face. And I just starting to wonder how I'm going to handle this. But I got to say, now that you've given that offer, I'm starting to have some ideas. I'm familiar with the culture shock. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the culture shock. Yeah. Normally, normally the culture shock is actually uh, people that I would probably kind of high five. I, I, most of the time, I enjoy their style. Yeah, but, for sure. But and this is very important. You guys are you guys are working without even knowing it. You guys are working super hard at being inducted as members of the Grayson family, and we protect our family. And so maybe when you guys make it out and we have this conversation, maybe we can talk talk a little culture shock business. Because the last thing that Xander Grayson and I can have is culture shock or anybody messing with our family. I don't know, Chris. I'm liking the sound of that. I got to say, uh, I I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Nathaniel. I'm 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 loving I'm loving what you're saying. I'm loving what you're doing. I'm loving just the overall vibe that you're putting off. And it's no surprise to me the success that is coming to you for sure. So I, I, for myself, I am no soothsayer or anything like that, but I definitely foresee a bright future for you. I see more gold. And as you said, not because you're seeking it out, but because it will find you, to say the least. Um, so I got to say, it's it's an honor being able to talk to you. It's an honor to be able to know you. That's for yes. sure. Um but uh, is there anything else, man, that you just want to say that you want to tell our listeners that are listening to you right now, something else that you just want to say from the heart to all of them? Now's your chance. Well, I appreciate that, guys. September the 15th is going to be a revolutionary night in the wrestling industry. On September the 15th, one of two things will happen. And the only way to find out what happens is to come down to the Beethoven Man Corps and come check out Dog Pound Championship Wrestling Paradox. Because either the Grayson family will accept a new member in the Texas Wolverine, Edgar Garza, which is historical and revolutionary in itself. Can you imagine such a specimen, such an athlete like Edgar Garza with us? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's, 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 
ground shaking or Nathaniel Grayson successfully defends the pound for pound championship and leaves Edgar Garza completely broken. And if that wasn't enough for you, I have heard rumors from the Dog Pound Championship Wrestling Board of Directors that in Casterville, Texas, there may or may not be one more match between Nathaniel Grayson and the Outlaw Haas Holden. Oh, wow. And from the rumors that I've heard, this is not going to be an ordinary fight. And the only way that you're going to be able to confirm any of that, because I'm still only hearing rumors, is to follow along me and Dog Pound Championship Wrestling on all of our social medias, because that's where all of the late breaking news is happening. That's where all the results are being posted. And that's where you can, most importantly, keep track of your pound for pound champion, Nathaniel Grayson and the Grayson family. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on that. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that 15th one. I'm, I just may make it out to that one. I'm, I'm yeah. really thinking that's what's going to happen. I'm checking my schedule. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, Nathaniel. Ask if the wife will let you go, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's been a year yet. Come on now. I know. That's true. That's true. That's true. Very true. All right, Nathaniel, we thank you so much for, for coming on the show and taking thank some time. Grateful. Uh, very grateful for for everything that uh, you know you said and that you've done. Just being here on the show, we really do appreciate it. And just know the door is always open. You are welcome anytime to come on this show, on this platform, and spread the grace and gospel. And anything I want to say, thank you for allowing, continuing to allow us to go on this journey with you, sir. Yes, because yes. as fans of this beautiful business and seeing you. Um, blossom into what you are today it's we thank you thank you <laughs> thank you very much listen don't don't leave just yet after uh we sign off we do want to talk to you so just you know stay put and we'll talk a little bit more uh but thank you again um having said that chris that man i i'm i'm in awe this i'm in awe too like yeah i'm just uh amazed by the mystique yes that's that's exhuming from him you know yes Definitely. I can't wait to to go and see him in action. I, I think it's going to be great. I'm telling you people, all of you that are listening, you need to check out Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. You also need to check out our boy Nathaniel Grayson. I mean, he is making waves that are being felt everywhere, right? And so, I mean, that's the reason we brought him on. Look, let me say this. Okay, I'm about to get on my soapbox a little bit. This is, this is the time when Rob cuts his promo, right? I want to make one thing abundantly clear. Mega Powers pro wrestling podcast. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. We are the best pro wrestling podcast right now in the business. You know why? Because we don't only just pay attention to the big dogs, if you will. We pay attention to where it matters. The word on the street, the independent scene. That's right. You the are pound for pound, if you will. Yes. The independent scene, the independent stars. We are giving them a platform to speak. We are giving them a platform to showcase themselves. And guess what? At the end of the day, it's an honor for us to do so because we love this business. We love what we do and we take it very seriously, you know? So that's the one thing I definitely want to put out there and I want to make very, very clear. 
Having said that, especially after what Daniel said, keep getting in my face and you're going to find out I can get serious physically too. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> you know, there are, speaking of rumors, like he said, there were rumors. There's rumors that Dave LaGreca and Blue Ray are retiring and they need someone to take over. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, we, we, we had a great show today. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. First show of the week and it's already been a banger. Remember, later on this week, we will release our recap show for all of the AEW and WWE action during the week. So make sure you check that out as well. All right. So thank you, guys. Remember, contact us with any ideas or anything like that. But until then, we'll see you later this week. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you'd like to contact the show with your input or questions, email us at megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. That's megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. Also find us on all social media by searching Megapowers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, we wish you good vibes and Godspeed.